0: Job for a cowboy are back with their first album in a decade titled moon healer moon healer is musically multifaceted unabashedly brutal and compellingly conceptual featuring a newly refreshed and re-inspired lineup of frontman and co-founder johnny davy guitarist tony Santacanaro and al glassman Bassist Nick Shendazelios and drummer Naveen Kopervais. The band seamlessly picks up the mantle where Sun Eater left off. Moon Healer is available everywhere February 23rd, 2024. Listen and watch the trippy new videos at MetalBlade.com slash job for a cowboy. Also, two members of the pioneering progressive metal act Fates Warning, Ray Alder and Jim Mathos, continue to brave new waters with their new band, North Sea Echoes. The duo's debut album, Real Good Terrible Things, is due out February 23rd, 2024. The album serves up what can be described as seductive melancholy and rich sonic landscapings. Layered and dreamlike, fans of Fate's Warning, plus modern pioneers such as Leprous or Devon Townsend, would be well served checking out what Jim Mathos and Ray Alder are serving up with North Sea Echoes. Listen and watch videos now at slash. North Sea Echoes. Once again, Job for a Cowboy's new out Moon ha- Healer. Make sure you go to MetalBlade.com slash Job for a Cowboy. And Ray Alder and Jim Mathos, North Sea Echoes. Go to MetalBlade.com slash North Sea Echoes.
1: This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich jocelyn sharp and sylvia alvarado
0: metal sucks podcast what is going on all our wonderful friends out there it is i your host petter Spych, who's joining me this week
2: who's joining you this week uh my name is sylvia and you can find me on all the socials at it's the sylvia
0: you know it's crazy i thought jocelyn's voice was going to come through but it is you sylvia I'm just joking. <laughs> I got an email, and they're like, where's Jocelyn been? Jo- Jocelyn's been on the uh, road. no. She's been on the road, guys. Um, she's still a part of the team. Don't worry. She'll she'll uh, she'll get on eventually. Me and Sylvie, actually, we, we're in a text thread together. So I was like, this week, yeah. maybe? It's like we just tell each yeah, other we it, miss each other. Yeah, so.
2: Yeah, yesterday, I was like, uh, I'm in. I can do tomorrow. Um, perhaps Jocelyn could do it?
0: You did. You're like, Jocelyn. <laughs> right? so, I'm going to see Jocelyn next Sunday. She's going to watch my kids when we go to Tool. So I will uh, oh, nice. I'll get some FaceTime with Jaws. It's going to be great. But anyways, guys, make sure you're following Sylvia <laughs> at her socials. That's at It's the Sylvia. Uh, Jocelyn is at Jocelyn Sharp, at J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. And then, of course, our friend Brendan Hahn is at your buddy Gooch, guys. Uh, so make sure you're following everybody at their socials. And Metal sucks. Is that metal sucks? That's the one you want to make sure you're following. Get the new stories ahead of time and all that. This week, back on the show, Icon, one of my favorite. You know, I listen to so much of his music. Uh, I, I always want to like chart how much how much time have I spent in my life listening to certain artists, and the number that would what Eason would get from me. Uh, including all his projects, obviously, would be huge. But Isan is back on the show. Um, always just a joy to talk to. Uh, just a, a happiness in his voice. Great chat, guys. Hang in there. We are here to celebrate his self-titled record, guys. You'll hear more about it in, in the interview. But we got the. It's coming out February sixteenth. There's an orchestral version and the uh, the regular version. You guys want to be pre-ordering both, checking out both. It's going to be awesome. So hang in there for my interview with Isan. It's going to be around the 25-30 minute mark. But before that, we got some big stories, you know, in the metal world this week. Uh so yeah. me and Sylvia here, we're going to talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. <laughs> What's the big story? Dude. The big story is Carrie <laughs> King has Have returned uh, in so many ways to the metal world. Um, and we're going to talk about good and bad. There's, there's, this, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of Carrie King news this week, right? So there's a, I'm going to start <laughs> with the good. And then we're going to talk about the eh. <laughs> the, not so good. It all happened in one week. You're like, all right, all right, all right, all right. So first off, the good. Carrie King has released. A new single. It's called Idle Hands, and he has revealed his solo band when the record's coming out. All that jazz. Let's give you guys the breakdown. If you haven't checked out who's in the band, because it's a, it's a excellent, excellent news. So you got on um, vocals, we got Mark from Death Angel, man. Perfect voice if you think about it, especially after you hear the song. Um, and then you got hell, x hell yeah bassist Kyle Sanders uh, and then Phil Delmo. He's violence guitarist, but also from Machine Head. We know Phil uh well is in the lineup and then of course Paul Bostaff from Slayer. Uh so that's his band. I mean that's a who's who of fucking uh amazing people, especially in, in the thrash world when we talk about Mark or Phil. Uh and then obviously Kyle Sanders uh from Hell Yeah, which is another great thing. Um but I gotta tell you, the song when I heard it, y- you didn't realize that Mark's voice is it does get it's got the Tamaria. Um, a little bit a little bit like you but a little bit yeah but but the point is is that when they play slayer songs live which we all assume they're gonna right uh at least i I can't imagine him not pulling out slayer songs it's gonna sound like angel of death is gonna sound pretty goddamn spot on close to what yeah
2: (laughs) like yeah yeah
0: so, um, yeah, the, the, the album's called From Hell, uh, From Hell I Rise. It's coming out May 17th, so you can go and pre-order your copy. Go to metalsux.net and check that out. So that's great news. Um, the, the pretty good news is Phil Demel is another story, uh, did leave violence. His main gig will be the Carrie King solo project, which is, it's cool. Violence is a great band, dude. It's, it's cool, but I do think that this Kerry King thing is going to be the way to go, so that's good. And then more good news is uh, Kerry King will be performing live on probably one of the, uh, to me, most exciting metal tours that I've heard in a while. Lamb of God and Mastodon are going to be playing, but they're doing the, the 20th anniversaries of Ashes of The Wake, and Leviathan, uh, playing them in, okay. in their entirety. So, I mean, anybody... Who is a fan of those bands, those albums are just such landmark records. But uh Carrie King will be opening uh that trek. Uh Malevolence is opening, but Carrie King's playing third. I don't know how does how's it go? It goes co headliners feature opener, so I think he's the feature. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So all that is wonderful news. So what could yeah. what, what could be bad news? Carrie King's back <laughs> in the game. We got a song that sounds a badass song that sounds like Slayer. We're here. He did some interviews, right? Mhm. And uh Kerry King, we all know. Him. He's blunt, he's to the point. You know, when someone very asks, blunt. Yeah, very blunt. When someone asked them, you know, I remember about Jeff Hanneman's passing, I mean you talked about a bit, little bit about this. You're thinking Kerry King might have this antidote of like, you know, this and that. I just remember his response like yeah, he's gone. He's warm food. You know, like very blunt. Jeez. Very like he doesn't want to talk about it. Just moving on. I mean, he's not wrong, but god dang. No, that's what I mean. He's just blunt, right? And there's like, a... I don't know. There's a. T- a, a, a I don't know. What the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was like, yeah. I it just sounds whatever. I think he was saying he would be too. He's not like in Carrie Kingling, and it wasn't like it was like dogging Jeff Hanneman. I don't think he just was saying like.
2: Uh, he's very literal.
0: very literal that is what is
2: happening at some point
0: (laughs) so obviously he's going to get questions about you know his old boys man tom araya dave lombardo uh and uh he he has stated this about the and this is i don't like we don't like drama you know we don't like the i I want to think that tom araya and carrie king you know talk to each other every christmas uh, yeah. Every holiday, whatever, New Year's, and uh-huh. and reminisce, and you like to think that they'd show up at Raider Stadium out here in Las Vegas, sit next to each other, and just talking, and yeah, you know. Wow, you
2: really had a, a whole story.
0: Yeah, I had a whole thing. I just want to see those <laughs> you pictures. Had a whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So- sounds sounds yes. amazing to me, but it also sounds realistic, right? Uh, in yeah. mind. Well, it it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's the case because. This is what Kerry King said when asked about Tom Mariah. And then, you know, he, he gets a little bit, uh, I, a little ugly with uh, the Dave Lombardo question. Um, but this is what he says. The headline on the site, guys, if you haven't checked it out, Kerry King hasn't spoken to Tom Mariah since 2019. Dave Lombardo is dead to me. Oh. Blunt. He's blind? Good. So this is what he uh, this is what he said about Tom Mariah. Not even a text. Not even an email. I talk to everybody else from the band on the phone, text, or email. If Tom hit me up, I'd probably respond. It probably depends on what he hit me up for, but I don't wish him dead at this moment. <laughs> That's what he said about That's that.
2: That's good. At the, It could change, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then he went on to Dave Lombardo. And this is what he said about Dave Lombardi. He said, he went on that tirade when we were on a flight to Australia, and he knew we couldn't retort for 14 hours, and he threw me under the bus. I was the only one keeping him in the band. Tom wanted him out before that, and Jeff had just gotten the spider bite, so he wasn't playing with us much. I said, we need Dave. The fans won't get it if we replace him right now. And then the Australian thing came up. He threw me under the bus, and I'm like, I'm the guy that kept you here. So I thought, fuck that guy. I can pretty much 100% say no because I, when he's talking about a Slayer potential reunion, this is, he followed up with this little tidbit. I can pretty much 100% say no because I have a new outlet and it's not Slayer, but it sounds like Slayer. I'm making the music, I like to make still. So I don't need to do that. Records don't sell anymore anyway. It's just a means to have a product out so people know what I'm playing when I come to town. Will Slayer tour again? I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen. Could Slayer play a show again? I'm sure there's a scenario. Am I looking for it? No. I'm just getting ready to start my career. So if that happens, it happens. But I'm going to be doing this for the next 10 years at least. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> So I'm good with the no slayer thing. I mean, I think that, you know, he's doing his thing. I do like how he's promoting that. I I don't know if you want to say David I like Loda. that
2: he's not mad at Tom.
0: That's good. Well, he I mean, said <laughs> again <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not now. It's, he's not indifferent on Tom, but he said I don't wish him dead at the moment, meaning that he uh, you know, it doesn't sound like thin ice.
2: Yeah, it it's thin ice. It doesn't sound like yeah. they wanna
0: talk anymore. Um from either side, I guess if nobody's texting each other. You know, that, that's a thing, is it works both ways, right? So yeah. he said he hasn't received anything from Tom. Meanwhile, Tom hasn't received anything from him. So you guys went your separate ways. That's it's okay. But like, you know, whoever breaks the ice, I'm sure it'll be like old friends. So I'm not I'm not giving up on that. The Dave Lombardo's dead to me. I don't know. I love Dave Lombardo. I think his career's been probably the most fascinating and he's made mm-hmm. s- the most interesting music since his leaving Slayer. Um I'm saying postseason of the best. Like all the bands that he's done, all the the people he's worked with, um most interesting career. Uh and I obviously Dave's been on the show many times. I love Dave. He's a he's a sweetheart. I've interviewed him face to face. He's been super cool. He took a picture with my wife. Uh, You know, I I got nothing but fantastic things to say about Dave Lombardo. Um, So it sucks that he's, you know, kind of bashing Dave. But obviously, their history is a lot more than we can say. But it it does kind of, you know, if you get the interview with Kerry King, it's like I'm not asking a fucking Slayer question. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm gonna be like, all right, we're talking about the new record, and that's it. All right, I'm not', even that you don't, Yeah, That's
2: unless a, you want like a really blunt ass
0: No, you no, know, because you have to react to. It, imagine being across the way, fan of Dave Lombardo and Tom, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to ignore mom and dad fighting. So then I ask, and then he's like, "Dave Lombardo's dead to me." I got to be like, "Right on." Next question. I got to be like, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> don't do that. Dave's okay. <laughs> okay. You know, like I you yeah. know, I'm gonna try to get it back together. I'd be like yeah, there had to be a time. Just, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm just wondering um where like what happened. Well, like do we know what happened or is the that the Australian ha- tour, to
0: it looks like that's what he's talking about, is that Dave Lombardo, if I remember the stories correctly, pretty much um he was a hired hand and slayer when he got the reunited back. Um and then I think going to Australia, he was like, you guys got to give me more money or he's going to leave or something like that. So I think he kind of held him hostage in a situation. Um, and I think that he probably was like, well, fuck that. That's not pro or something like that. Sounds like that's his yeah, perspective. Right, yeah. um, instead of being like, hey, let's negotiate this later. Don't do it while we're in the middle of doing a, a tour or something like that. So, and but I, think, I
2: just want to know like, what happened with Carrie King and Tom?
0: Uh, it, or is it just because He's not dead to him at this moment. So I think that it's just because they haven't spoken since the final tour. You know, hey, the final tour was like two and a half years. Maybe, maybe it's like, you know, I'm sure people get sick of each other on tour like after like 30 days. So these guys really. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense. I want to see if uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons talk. three years from now, or you're going to get a headline from Paul Stanley. I haven't fucking even texted Gene Simmons. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. just a break, man. And they're they're going their separate ways. And if if you're starting, a, here's the thing, if you're starting a new life and you're retiring, you know, you leave the old life behind. There's nothing wrong with that. You just got to be like, let me focus on whatever it might be. It might be grandkids. It might be children. It might be, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, learning how to paint. You know, you might just, they're just, there you, go. you know, when when, you're, when your life has been chaos forever you know maybe you're looking for that silence you know what I'm saying and yeah. part of that silence at least in my life is putting my phone on the other side of the house and not ever looking at it right and then okay. eventually you don't have that and you're living in that moment and you really don't want the phone around you so maybe Tom is at that I don't want to look at emails I don't want to look at headline news stories maybe he's there dude you know yeah. Um
2: i've i've seen uh interviews where he's like he's like really really religious so that could probably play into it too oh yeah
0: you yeah, don't yeah. know absolutely he was yeah. open about that you're completely right mm-hmm. so and again those are different lifestyles so maybe it's hard to talk you know <sighs> And, you know, we are an echo chamber these days. A lot of people are. So maybe it could be a political thing that you don't want to get an argument about because you know each other too well. Whatever. Uh, that could be too. Yeah. This is all speculation, people. So we don't know anything for a fact. Um,
2: But it's making me feel better because I'm
0: like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. There's (laughs) people that that, that I, I love to death that I haven't spoken to in years. And, you know, I hope them the best. But we're living our separate lives. And. And hopefully we're all living in the moment and taking care of each other. But if you get a mm-hmm. call or a text, um, uh, it's probably at a bad moment, like a mountaintop moment or like a, someone's passing away or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which which yeah, uh, yeah. again, that's uh that's just part of life. So anyways, he's not dead to him at this moment. Lombardo, okay. not happening. Not happening. It's okay. Kerry King's got music out. That's all that matters for the metal world, right? It's gonna be exciting. Mm-hmm. So and uh if uh if I get to chat chat to him, I'll, I'll chat to anybody from that band. Give me, give me Mark, give me Phil. I would love to. Anybody, I love it. Give me Paul. Uh, Kyle lives out here, doesn't he? In Vegas, I'm pretty sure he does. I don't know. You never know. People move sometimes. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great band. It's going to be exciting. It's it's exactly what we need. It's in essence Slayer is continuing. That's the way I see it, and I think that's how a lot of us will see it. So you guys will see some new songs and all that stuff. Um, yeah,
2: you know, a friend of mine uh, played it for me, and I was like, oh, like. I loved it. Oh, and he's dude. like, this is fucking Slayer. you like, this is Slayer. This is basically Slayer.
0: Yes. That's how I felt. I listened to it once a week yeah. and I'm like, yeah, this is Slayer. Like, you know. But that's the thing is that we talked about this before the song came out. We're like, Kerry King can't really, He he's, he's kind of in the, he's got a box, man. He can't really, he's, there's certain artists that can't, doesn't, first off, it doesn't seem like he wants to veer far off. What he created, because he's you know mm-hmm. kind of an originator of, of 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 a lot of the styles and stuff like that. But he's in a box where he can't veer too far away. He just can't. You know? Yeah. He, he can't. He can't go do certain kind of music. It's like because pop music. He, yeah. <laughs> I. I mean. I guess he can. I mean, he did the Beastie Boys back in the day, right? I mean, that wasn't pop music, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. He fought for the right to party.
3: Hmm.
0: But as sure a, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next story, Carrie King, celebration. Next story, uh, it, you know, we don't talk about Bon Jovi on this program, really, ever. Um, I'm not a fan of Bon Jovi. Um,
2: uh, of him as a person or his music?
0: His music. Uh, one second, back.
2: okay.
0: Baby! The 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 power. Thank you. Sorry. Everything's on battery. We're okay, but uh oh. she hits a GFI and and it turns off everything in this room. Um anyway, so um or oh yeah, Bon Jovi. We don't talk about him. I'm not I'm not a fan of. I, I mean, look. His music doesn't do much for me. I don't I don't want to say I know his catalog. His hits have always been annoying to me if I'm allowed to say that. Wow. Yeah, It's My Life and shit like that, doesn't it? Th- 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 come on.
2: I loved It's My
0: Life. Oh, my Lord, really? You know what? I, I like to yes. blaze a glory of a Young Guns 2 soundtrack. That one worked for me. Really? So, okay, look. Yes. I am not... There's two bands that got hits beyond hits that I, I don't like, and I just think, like, that's Journey and Bon Jovi. I mean... Dude, I I don't I don't fully get Bruce Springsteen at all either. I'm just being honest. Like, you know, like...
2: I was listening to um uh to to Cowboy not too long ago and I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride."
0: Wow, I wanted...
2: <laughs> Morning. I hate that fucking song. Little, oh, it's dead or, <laughs> or alive. I call it cowboy. <laughs> I, yeah, I was that's like, "What?" how Look you know cowboy. how big of a fan I am. Yeah.
0: No. Well, <laughs> that's 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 the most dude. Have conversations with like i I have conversations with like younger people about music and they don't know albums they just know songs and they just know well, just like that they're like this song I'm like it's called this they don't care the name of the song <laughs> i'm not saying uh, that to you but they'll be like yeah you know that one song like, i know like 17 songs but, here's the th- Jovi, <laughs> but i don't i don't here's
2: the thing i i was never into um like the hair metal bands like uh, the 80s bands I, i'm not look Oh. Uh, like the Motley Crues and the the poisons yeah. and all that. Like it, I could never. Like I remember, I had to. Uh, we had a um, an eighties hair metal show, like on Saturdays or Sundays. One of those. Like it was on a weekend, and if the the jock wasn't there, I had to cover, and I was just out of my element. One, I mean, I didn't grow up with this the the music, so like I didn't have that the passion for it. But I just I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. So
0: I'm like, I don't, uh. let me tell you this. Okay. Um, the style of the eighties is it's immediately a turnoff. I think if, unless you're growing up in there, you you look at the cover of like Cinderella's night songs. I fucking love night songs. Okay. That record. Um, so, and I love Cinderella, but like, if you look at the image and you're growing up in the nineties and you're like looking at Chris Cornell and Nirvana or whatever else in chains, (laughs) and you're like, what the fuck is this? cover right here, right? You know, yes. But you know, Cinderella sounds like AC DC to me, right? If you've just listened to them and don't look at the makeup. So I will I will and I'm not a huge hair metal guy either. Motley Crue does nothing for me. Those records always had a lot of filler with some killer cuts. But as mm-hmm. I got older I've realized that I have a very, very strong love. For power ballads from the 80s <laughs> and i mean like anytime okay. a power ballad comes on right it let it be warrants i see red or whatever i mean dude i'm like dude like when you talk about poison i can i don't give a shit about poison but that power ballad do you know what it is do you know the the hit the, the every rose has its oh th- god oh, my god it's a good song Nobody's fooled by Cinderella. Yeah, don't know what you got till it's gone. I will power ballad. I will. I got to put together a power ballad mix and just drive around and 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 cry that I uh, cheated on somebody because of cocaine in the '80s. Whatever the songs are all about. That's what it sounds to me. It's like I fucked up. It's something to do with cocaine and. (laughs) I love you, you know. That's that. Those are those are '80s power ballads. Every rose has a thorn. It's not about that, but uh. But I love Coke too. What's what's the greatest '80s power? Somebody asked me what's the greatest power ballad of all time, and I said, dude, it's to me, it's real simple. There isn't another power ballad you can put on right now that doesn't give people the feels immediately and be like, whoa, that song just. And that is Def Leppard's "Love Bites." That is the greatest '80s power ballad of all time, dude. Love
3: bites. (laughs)
0: Dude, you don't. Know uh, that's about. a good song. Yeah, that's a fucking ballad, I, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, there. Is. Oh, what
2: about Fall uh, from Scorpions?
0: Oh man, the Scorpions are too legit for me to even put them in that. I, I I adore the Scorpions too much, you know. But yes, they have amazing power ballads. Winds <laughs> win, win, <laughs> Winds of Change is is, is a There you song. go. That's the one.
2: That's, that's a what I'm song. thinking about
0: but uh um, oh, okay
2: never mind to me it, that's it, why i like
0: it because <laughs> that's about the berlin wall coming down right like early yes. 90s so i mean whoo, but that is such a good one but like the scorpions are just too like i don't know they're too legit to me man like
2: i don't even really consider them a hair battle band
0: no i know that's no. what i i don't i don't i don't i don't put them in there you know like their power no. bands were great you that's know that's true like I remember you by Skid Row or Heaven by Warren, like songs like that, man. Like I love them all. I I ain't gonna lie, dude. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but uh, what's another Scorpions? Like Still Loving You is a power, but I'm Still Loving You, right? But they're not. Yes, I love one, that song. Dude. Yeah, Scorpions, Scorpions are the best. They're coming out here to Vegas. They're doing a residency. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check yeah. them out. They're doing Love It First Sting in its entirety. Um, so it, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a, a kick ass show. That's gonna be a good after. one. I think it's in April. I can't remember. Anyways, we got time. Yeah, it's um, like
2: late March, April, something so, like that.
0: Why are we going down the power ballad love um and losing all our med- metal credit to our our fans out there right now? <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like bro. And me
2: admitting and me admitting to liking Bon Jovi's uh, uh what was that it's my
0: life oh that's a bad one dude
2: that
0: was, a, that was a bad one dude i'm just being I'm
2: I, Forever, you
0: know, that's no good that's no that's no good okay well yeah. oh, whatever Nah, you got to go listen to like some love hurts that's a, that's probably from the 70s though it's not a power bell anyways moving <laughs> up we bon jovi. We're, we're actually going to give him credit that's the thing i'm not a huge fan of bon jovi but the headline guys for Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi talks about his vocal troubles. If I can't be great, I'm out. Now, Bon Jovi, we have to give him credit where credit is due. Any place with electricity, he can, He can. thousands upon thousands of people will come and see him. Anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, in modern times, it is okay. It is okay, clearly, with fans, uh, older fan bases, when we talk about the Motley Crue's and the things like that. Um, <clears throat> If you have backing tracks, nobody cares, right? And you can play arenas, and you're fine. Obviously, we'll talk some. Uh, well, do they play though? Uh, is it okay? I mean, uh, I. I
2: mean, I I feel people still care if there's like backing, like backing people, tracks or people, something.
0: People, people will say negative stuff, but does Motley Crue not yeah. sell out every stadium show that they do? And they don't. That's true. I mean, so I'm gonna get to say that people are okay with it. Bon Jovi okay. said, "I'm not doing that. I don't care. I'm gonna have to walk away if I can't fucking bring it." Correct? That's pretty. It's uh, pretty impressive on my part, dude. Because he can. I mean, if any band can, uh, "Living Like a Prayer" or whatever like that with backing tracks just sounds like an easy thing to do, and fans would be like, "Whoa," you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, him saying, "No, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it." All right, he's out. If you can't be great, I'm well, out. I
2: mean, I think that that just shows the uh the passion for the uh the craft
0: yeah the integrity and the
2: passion for music the integrity the music um giving his you know it's not just about the the money
0: yeah yeah so um so. after all the years of me saying Ugh, it's my life bon jovi i can't stand you <laughs> now you're gonna be like you know yeah if you can't hit that note on it's my then you're gonna say I'm out. I'm good with that.
3: <laughs> <Right>? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, what's a, what's a Bon Jovi's got some power ballads, dude. Actually, "Wanted Dead or Alive" is a power ballad, huh? It's just it's just a, it's, a, a cowboy it's, one, but it's good. a power it's, Yeah. Round. Yeah. Anyway, so it's,
2: it's good. <sighs> I don't care.
0: Nothing beats Love Bites, though. Come on, I'll play that. I know. Again. I'm I'll not play-
2: saying that it's going up against Love Bites, no, but no, that's the key. it's it's. You know, it's, it's pretty up there.
0: I wonder if, like, there's ever going to be, like, a rock resurgence of of, uh, of power ballads. Like, there's just going to be a new generation of just feels from, like, I mean... outlaws. Like, outlaw feels. You know what I'm saying? Like, we hate everything. We break all the rules. But you know what? I cheated on my girl when I was doing math,
2: <laughs> And I feel really bad about it.
0: So I got to write a fucking song to tell her I'm sorry. And I, um... need, I need backing vocals and harmonies, you know? Like, Van Halen... We're talking about with with uh, David Lee Roth. He don't feel bad about nothing either to anyone because there ain't no balance. <laughs> you know? Sammy yeah. Hagar, man. <laughs> He's <day>. like, <laughs> you know
2: what? I I cheated. it a loop,
0: boop, boop. Sammy Hagar is like... He's over there. Yeah, he, he, it's like all the bad stuff that Eddie Van Halen might have did like, back in the day. He got Hagar the band to be like, let's sing When It's Love, dude. Let's let's get some of these power ballads out right now, dude. Because uh, yeah. uh, DLR over there was like, nah, 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 <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We ain't doing that. All right, we're screaming, yeah. Pan- we're screaming Panama We're in Hot for Teacher. Fuck the power ballads. <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyways so oh bon jovi way to go buddy way to go yeah uh, another positive note if we can throw it out there is ozzy osborne uh was very upset with kanye west using war yeah pigs I saw this in a song and uh good for ozzy because uh kanye west is nonsense and he is an open anti-semite and clearly not somebody that we need to associate with right now and yeah. Ozzy to be like, yo, fuck that. Uh way to go, man. Like I said, it's just a news story. Nothing beyond that. But it's always good mm-hmm. to know when people are like, look, look, we're not, we're not like, we're not standing up for this shit. We we need this dude to to step away. So uh good job on that Ozzy. Uh so uh with that yeah it is time guys for the reason you're here. Um every time I get to talk to this gentleman I pinch myself um and I am just so excited that there's always something new that I get to listen to. And I, I've been listening to the latest uh, record from Isan, and you guys need to pre order it. It is a monumental. It's great. It's fantastic in every way. I'm going to play a couple songs after the interview, guys. But this is the reason you're here. Let's jump into it right now. Here's my interview with the one and only Isan. Everybody, Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Isan, and we are here to celebrate the latest full length, the self titled record isan is coming out february 16th guys uh so first uh the first thing i want to discuss is uh i'm a huge fan of film scores and orchestras and uh your love of orchestral music and film scores really shine on the album so tell us about those influences um for you on this record
3: uh
0: first of
4: all thank you for that kind intro Mm -hmm. (laughs) no it's um uh i think uh some of my influences especially for this new album uh, are the same as influenced me when I was a teenager. Uh, I mean, if, if you were to draw a straight line from my very beginnings and uh, making records until now, I think the common denominator would kind of be like black metal music, but with orchestral elements. That would be kind of core uh, elements to, you know, in, in, in general. To what I've been doing, and um, in in the early begins like to this day, Jerry Goldsmith, the Omen, it's probably one of my absolute favorite soundtracks, um, and uh, a lot of his work like also, of course also Alien and and uh, brilliant stuff that he's been doing. But of course, he, John Williams, uh, but also earlier stuff like Bernard Herrmann, you know. Uh, Even you know john carpenter for halloween stuff all the kind of eerie dark soundscapes and and of course i mean in general i i love soundtracks you know i'm just as big of a hans Zimmer fan as uh, as anyone but um it for, for for this record in particular it was one of my goals to kind of dig deep into the more traditional harmonic and orchestral Uh, techniques and layers that those all-time favorites would have used you know in my very you know rock and roll approach kind of way
0: (laughs) yeah dude and it's it's crazy you brought up bernard herman um i believe his first movie was citizen kane and his last was taxi driver can you imagine the beginning and the end on that level of a a film score guy now obviously he did a an amazing amount with hitchcock but that's what i if i if I read that correctly because I remember reading the thing on him a while ago, do you know if that's true that mm-hmm. what I just said or no?
4: I'm not sure, but then it, but just like comparing those two, yeah, and to see you know how how different it is yeah and uh, before we went on there, you mentioned one of the tracks uh of the new record and and yeah, there's you could, I, I think you, if you listen to it again, there's of course the obvious uh bird Herman hisishcocky. <laughs> yes. Style influence for that one, but um, but again, this is this is something I, 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 I've been on about. I mean, with the, not not in regards to Bernard uh, Herman, but uh, uh, other artists that I that I uh, admire. You know, to see that kind of development and that kind of versatility, mm-hmm. and you of course you see it in in someone like Hans Zimmer, even though it's recognizable, but he would like create a whole different sound world for each you know, movie and, but um, I've often compared, you know, like if you take Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny, and it's the same band who did Painkiller, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, 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 you know, Radiohead, OK Computer, you know, probably the biggest indie rock album and probably the best one ever made. Uh, Response to that with making stuff like Kid A and Amnesiac and, and this electronic stuff you know but it's still the same band and and undeniably you know i've mentioned david bowie lots of the time for being this chameleon musically but still with integrity of being you know david bowie so um, it's
0: and i think that you nailed it with the these these artists because they are capturing emotions in the in, in the screenplay or even moving a film along recently i told my wife when we watched oppenheimer i go that is the soundtrack that just like blew me away. She's like, "Well, the movie was good though." I'm like, "No, but that soundtrack. Like it didn't leave me." And I can say the same thing a couple of years ago when uh, uh Tom York did uh the Suspiria remake. Did you do you yeah, I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw those movies, but it was like I, I didn't see the movies,
4: but I did I did hear the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> I you heard the soundtrack. And so oh. far uh- yeah, So so far, so far, I've only heard the soundtrack for Oppenheimer. Right? I have, to have the opportunity to see the movie. Oh,
0: yeah. man, I'm <laughs> telling you, like the movie could have been horrible. I told her, I'm like, even if it was bad, like that soundtrack just mm. dragged me in, you know, to the film and it's uh, and the movie was good. So I'm not saying anything negative, but like that's something that like I think we take for granted sometimes when we're watching films that there, it's just it doesn't. Touch you on that level, and um, that's a new uh, a new guy that did Oppenheimer, and I hate the fact that I don't
4: yeah, know. His yeah, name. yeah, Eirik Ransom. Eirik Yes, yes. He's a Swedish guy. Yeah. Yes, but but you know, pr- prior to doing soundtracks, he did Tenet as well. Uh, you know, yes. and and he did this, this did scoring for the, the kind of the Star Wars sequel and you know, the Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, and and he comes from a more like a pop background because he would be be. He did amazing production work for, uh, like, Childish Gambino. Oh, you know, which yeah. is more like a hip-hop... Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 He started out there. So that was kind of his, uh, you know, at least, you know, just some of the work that I knew from him before. And he has also this kind of modern approach and, like, kind of fearless. Mm-hmm. Different style to what Hans Zimmer is doing, yeah. but still kind of just bringing it in, like, you know, gives the rest of us some hope to maybe, you know, who knows to get an opportunity someday to do a soundtrack?
0: Oh yeah, dude. Speaking <laughs> of, you,
4: you you don't you don't have to be a, a classic you know classical composer to do that. You know there are all the ways in. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, exactly, and that's what I mean when, when you have that artistic approach. Yeah, and and um, I was lucky enough to interview Danny Elfman, uh, Tyler Bates, and uh, a couple of these guys that you know do the big movies,
4: right? And I was like, yeah, brilliant brilliant guys you know danny elfman you know I, I forgot to mention him because it's just a little younger but of course huge influence
0: and and i was just when 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 you ask about like kind of the movies because i was like you know obviously starstruck being a, a big guy and like when when tyler bates talks about like city of ghosts soundtrack this matt Dillon movie that he directed years ago it's like he can do mm-hmm. that and guardians of the galaxy and i don't know if anybody's seen city of ghosts but like the soundtrack is uh quite amazing um and um and then yeah back to danny Elfman like. You just like if you look at his catalog, like the subtleties of those Gus Van Sant movies that he did, that a lot of us didn't even realize he was behind. You know, um, yeah, man, mm. it's we, we, it's it's a it's a beautiful but journey. Also t- t- go
4: ahead. But also, Tyler Bates has this, uh, you know, th- this rock background. Oh yeah, all day. You know, and he was with the, you know, the Marilyn Manson and his, yeah. you know, the Jerry Cantrell. Uh, stuff that he was producing. And I, I, I caught on to earlier because he was playing this guitar bio, this kind of, uh, you know, fretless hybrid uh, guitar, uh, cello electric kind of thing that he was doing. And I was so keen on getting one of those because it's like, ah. it was made for guitar, but you could play it with a bow. Like uh, very, very interesting stuff. But you see, you know, for uh, Trent Reznor and, and um, Atticus Ross, you know, doing stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you, um, and, um, I thought of one more, you know, like, uh, yeah, I think also, uh, uh, what's he called again? The guy who's doing, uh, I never saw those movies, like the, the soul movie franchise. I think, um, uh, have you seen it? I haven't seen them.
0: Thor. Uh, Thor. You're saying? No,
4: no. Sorry. no soul, like, S. Oh, oh, S. A. W. I I did not see those.
0: Yes. No, the soul ones. I know what you're talking about, but uh, I- I'm not sure, but yes. Yeah, but
4: yeah, the composer, I, th- I think the composer there also, he's been doing the whole franchise, I, I, as I believe, because I lo- watch a lot of interviews with m- movie composers. <laughs> nice. And they also, he did the, a sample library with called Hammers from Spitfire Audio, I think. And uh, he's also, I think he also was involved with Nine Inch Nails at some point. I got to, so,
0: just to bring Nine Inch Nails into the occasion, because yes, and that's what i mean like these these the rock guys the guys that come from our sphere they're they're really changing the game but also unique when it comes to the transition over to those scores so unique so amazing um but yes i it's funny because um i was having a conversation about the downward spiral because they're like hey it's 30 years old and i'm like oh is it yeah it came out in 94 oh yeah it's 2024 i do things like that where i forget shit right and um and I remember I told, I told a, a buddy of mine, I go, you know, the first record that like instilled fear, like I, I almost couldn't breathe when I was listening to it as a teenager was the downward spiral. Um, and I, I just, I, it was like, I don't know if it was an evil thing or there's just fear, but there was just so much going on that like myself, I just knew I love this genre. Um, right like in that moment but i just remember the fear do you remember having uh or, or the maybe the first album or anything that you listened to that kind of instilled like that you were scared of after you left uh you know the whole record listening cycle do you remember anything like that
4: uh i think my i that was long to, you know yeah. lifelong uh love of the amanda galas ah, you know yeah. but that's pro- probably one of the some of the most scary stuff yeah. i've ever heard is the amount especially the plague moss album that is the mostly just screaming and recitation that's uh, that's some scary stuff
0: S- seriously but it's great because uh, i i had a friend of mine um this is a while back but he's like have you ever heard a real scream in real life like an actual scream and I'm like, I, I've never been in a room where I, I've obviously movies. You're bringing us uh, Damanda Gallus and and yes, that that voice that just, like I said, goosebumps, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but I've never actually heard it, and I don't want to, people. I'm not saying I do, but like these are the emo- yeah. the emotions that we get through artists, you know, that um, we don't really experience day to day in life often, you know. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. that's a very. Yeah, fortunately, exactly, knock on wood, I'm very happy to say that. And it does segue us into the latest record, guys, from Isan, the self-titled one. It's coming out February 16th. But there is an orchestral version that you're releasing, uh, as well as the metal version that, you know, um, we're all excited about. And we kind of talked a little bit of, about that, but did you know going in that that was something you really wanted to do for your next full-length record, is put an orchestral version out?
4: Yeah, that, that was part of the plan. mm so the, before I even wrote any music, so that, that was part, part of the conceptual idea. And the kind of the, the whole concept is about this duality of things and, you know, and the, and the juxtaposition in between like, so I, it's a fully conceptual album uh, So there's uh, I, I wrote this kind of just like a short, like synopsis for a novel and then wrote the lyrics, you know, to, to, to follow chronologically the scenes. If you will, and then you know there are in, musically there are light motifs. So there's so there's reoccurring themes and everything, and uh, so so the metal version of the album you know follows the narrative of this story, and then the orchestral version follows a separate narrative uh, that is a different story but that has a similar uh, you know story arch, uh, and they of course they bleed into each other. And um, so, it, and it, it's different. You know, it's it's the same kind of basic uh, journey for both stories, but they are entirely different, and of course, then you know, different in in um, dynamics and, and expression. And that is also what I wanted to do with the two albums. That uh, because I've, I've been adding orchestral layers, you know, to to my music uh, since since the beginning. We, we talked about this, but but um, this time I wanted to, uh, to put it bluntly, I wanted to write uh, uh, an album based on the, that kind of harmonic language uh, of my favorite old school you know, movie soundtracks, and to try to uh, make a full symphonic orchestra arrangement that would support the metal elements in the full production album, and then arrange them in a way so that they would also work independently as their own thing. So to kind of uh, try to write a, a fictional soundtrack within the context of the metal version. And so literally, it's the same music, you know, and the same stems for, for both albums. Uh, but of course, I've, I've used the, the example for the first single, uh, Pilgrimage Oblivion. Uh, you know arguably the hardest song on the album but it starts out just like with this this scale run and then it's like full on with blast beats and screaming and all that and blasting guitars but uh, the equivalent uh, orchestral version you know same exact music same exact riff but it's like whispery quiet tremolo cellos so it's like uh, a different dynamic and emotional uh, um Kind of representation of the same music that that was kind of the, the core ID oh amazing so physical copy wise
0: I'm always curious um if you if you pre-order the physical copy on CD do you get both versions um or it has are no, are they separate releases
4: it,
0: they're separate releases perfect okay no just uh, just check and, and they're also
4: and and also they I uh, have to 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 mention Rich Josaris, who's been doing all my, you know, apart from my first album, he's been doing all my, all the artwork for all the albums. Mm-hmm. And he, given the complexity of everything that went into this, he actually came to Norway from Spain for, uh, for a while. And we, uh, we had, you know, several days that we've gone through all the conceptual. And so he has really captured all of that duality in the artwork. So it, like the music, the, the artwork all the artwork for both albums are literally the same but it's like uh it's uh you could say that like the orchestral elements are on their own there's like uh, a layout that functions as its own thing and then there are the the metal version of the album where, where the layout and the and the graphics are the same but more <laughs> so uh I, 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 I'm excited about this because I really literally got the the vinyls and CDs uh, in a mail today. Oh, nice. <laughs> the first day. So the physical copies for me to watch. And uh, uh, there is, on vinyl, there is a double version where you would get all the four vinyls. And there's like a mix of black and splatter, you know, vinyl oh, nice. and a big fold-out thing. But uh as a I'm sure you, you might have seen a picture of the of the front cover mm-hmm. with all the antlers, mm-hmm. and the orchestral version is the exact same thing, but it's just less antlers mm-hmm. like it's more subtle and more you know less aggressive so it's so, so and uh, literally on the special edition this where you get both uh, I'm not sure what you call it in in English. I have a, a note but i probably just pronounced it wrong but you know these images where you you flip you, you yes. kind of tilt the play and and you see one of them and you tilt it back and you see the other image
0: there's like front cover is yeah. that what we yeah hologram yeah,
4: yeah. Okay. yes yes oh nice i'm very very pleased with that
0: <laughs> that sounds awesome people i promote it all the time the physical copies the connection and like the, the like, like listen to the passion coming out of isan when he's talking about the artwork that's what it's all about guys make sure you're
4: pre-ordering it, this it, it yeah. needs to be connected it Absolutely. needs to be connected and and, and of course in, in i've said this many times not like in for 2024 20, release given people's general attention span you know uh, and uh, i heard someone like since spotify came out the average song length has been cut by 45 se- seconds on average so uh, give <laughs> releasing a, a dual kind of double issue uh, album with two separate storylines and accompanying videos and everything i've done everything wrong but it's just because i'm old and grew up on iron maiden and judas priest and you could watch the album cover read all the liner notes and all the lyrics and all the hidden stuff and you could you know see the front cover of Fire Maiden's *Power Slave*, and listen to the song and it it made sense you know it was connected and you could i'm sure, not sure if you know how conceptually deep you know any of those albums were at any given time but you felt that it was something profound within those albums that you tried to figure out you know that it was part of the you, you, you kind of went deeper and deeper and deeper with every listen A
0: hundred percent. And that's the great thing about modern physical media. Like you said, I'm old as well. We're kind of, we're we're up there and we come from a a time where it matters, but you know, every person that has it in their hands, it's, it's precious and they take care of it more than back in the day when people used to just like throw cassette tapes around cars and shit like that. Now we don't do that. We're like, yes, I got this. The moment has magic. It has so much magic for us. And speaking of the orchestral version, um, and I don't know if this was thought through, but um, ha- have you thought of, hey, you know, there might be a special concert. I want to play this orchestral version in its entirety, you know, to a fan base with actual instrumentation. Have you thought that one that part uh, through, or is that just kind of, you know, wishful thinking for some of us?
4: Uh, it, it's wishful thinking for me as well. And I'd love nothing more than to have this, I, I, you know, just the metal the metal version, or even just the, the have your Ketzel version performed, or do like a, a collab, it, but literally, and, and, in principle, you know, I, it's, uh, I could have probably made this easier for myself and done it more like a mock up thing, which is, of course, is I'm using a lot of samples, you know, and, and everything, but that but, uh, I, I took the, the the trouble to write everything as if I was writing it for a full symphony orchestra. It's like literally every part, there are no like string patches or anything in there. It's like, it's I could literally print out the score that I did. And it would be playable, you know, as is. um, And, uh, but and I've done the research because to do this uh, properly, you know, you would need the proper orchestra. I think that uh, I'd love to do something in that with the Norwegian national radio orchestra who are brilliant But uh, you know, just get rehearsals in. We're like, it's talking a hundred thousand dollars just to, to get rehearsals in, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <it's, Okay>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but if, uh, if, uh, you know, if this uh, becomes uh, my black Metallica black album, you know, who knows, <laughs> you know, then for sure, for sure, I'd, I'd love to do it. But it's, and if some people have approached me like, would you consider doing it like just like with a string quartet or quintet or something? And it's like, a great, you know, nice idea. But it couldn't actually serve a purpose. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it, it would be a gimmicky thing, you know, that looks nice, but it wouldn't actually have the function of actually making this, you know, better in any way, and uh, I have I've heard from colleagues also also for the recording. I do have like you know Chris Baum overdubbed all the violin one and violin two parts for this album. There's some real per- percussion and everything, but uh, also from Joel Dolly, who mixed the orchestral version of the album, was telling me that uh, where there's hybrid stuff going on or if they hire an orchestra. You know, it really depends on the project because, you know, classical orchestras who are kind of used to playing traditional orchestral music alone, they it's harder for them to kind of, uh, or at least, you know, some of them that it's hard to get them to to focus in on the transients and the, the kind of precision needed for something like a soundtrack or, you know, in metal, you know, a modern metal production is more, you know, fluent like that. And there's, there, are, of course, a lot of orchestra specializes in, you know, for playing, you know, orchestras and playing to click tracks and all that, but, but uh, then it's a it's a different uh, financial range, yeah. you know, for, for that kind of stuff. And I'd love to do it. But then I don't see a, a reason to do it halfway, I would have done like to have done it properly.
0: A hundred percent, but that's part of the, uh, the love and the appeal is that if you can't do it right, you're right. Let's, let's step back. But wishful thinking, I like putting things like that in the universe. And I feel like somehow it might, the right person might hear it and things might've started rolling. That's all. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for sure. Absolutely. And you never know. You never know. That's exactly it. You know, one of the uh, I got to talk to 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 Jens about the how it's done course uh, at the Fascinations uh, Street Studios, and I w- wanted to ask you, like, how um, how was that kind of documentation for you as a creator? Um, was that something that you learned more about yourself um, being documented, writing those songs uh, during that course, or was it something that you know? Um, was there any surprises? I guess when you were like, "All right, I have to wait for a, a cameraman to get this all set up during those courses."
4: Uh, fortunately, I had the opportunity to write the songs um, prior to, prior to getting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so 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 that was luckily not not um, captured, and and um, so um, for for me, of course, it's, it's it took things took a, a long while because everything had to be filmed. Mm-hmm. In, and it was very precise, and in that respect, I think it came out as a great educational source. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the stuff that I, I couldn't have dreamed of having a peek behind the uh, behind the curtain, if you will, for someone like Jens Bugren and the equivalent of you know when, when I was a teenager starting out, you know. So so I think this is uh, you know immensely valuable. You know, not not my part in it, but you know, for Jens sharing you know, this kind of stuff, and true URM Academy, that uh, I think this is doing a great job. And uh, just in comparison, like for me, not having a musical education or anything like that, to be able to do the kind of research and kind of self-education on just orchestral technique, on on orchestral tex- textures and stuff like that, that the internet and YouTube and all that, it can, can uh, kind of supply that's a, it's it's amazing i prior to the, i mean I, i've had an interest for this since i was quite young and believe me to read rimsky Kostrokovs you know principles of orchestration like 400 page book you know on orchestration <laughs> when you have no musical education and, and no experience it's pretty rough <laughs> Absolutely,
0: man, and that. The, the, but that was such a fascinating thing, and and uh, you know, and you're right to be a part of it. I think is is huge, especially for people that are trying to learn and understand the craft, because there is a craftsmanship to what he does that's so important. Um, and it is it is really the devil in those details, man. For a lot of that stuff to to make it right as soon as possible. Uh, I um, do you agree with that or no?
4: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, and also the stuff that you, you know, I I could see there's so many things in in my own career, whether that is, you know, musical like theoretical knowledge or technical issues, you know, on how to do things Uh, and everything. That was just a mystery, you know, to me because, you know, pre the internet, you know, it's like whatever, you know, on a small town in Norway, what kind of information would you get? You know you've kind of relied on local resources or if you picked up a magazine of some kind but it's like very limited so so uh, uh having you know someone explain this to you and you know this technology even though of course Destination street has all these facilities and the big rooms and and microphones and the selection you know this technology is so easily available you know uh you know for someone who came come, came from four track tape recorders mm-hmm. you know uh, to to have an orchestra at my fingertips yeah you know it's a it's it's a huge thing Completely. so uh, so uh yeah I, I i'm i'm envious of the people who have access to all of this stuff But um and, and knowledge, uh, yeah, knowledge. So, yeah, it's all, uh, yeah it only to be part, part of it, you know? Yeah. And that knowledge
0: is power. It does. Uh, again, I think one of the, the hardest things in modern times is listening for people. I think because we kind of have a, a little bit more noise around us, you have to like mute that noise yeah. and listen. Um, but like the, the, it's out there. Like you said, it's out there. If you're interested, you can definitely find it and find the right people in the right avenue. And learn a craft so differently mm. um, then like you said, when we we're growing up. If someone gave me a computer and I turned it on and I didn't know anything, how to type or anything like that, it was just like is 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 it's as useful as a cardboard box to me, you know. <laughs> like, but now it's like yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. It's but it's
4: out. There. But on the other on the other hand, mm-hmm. the, the, the if constantly it's a downside, but like a risk of of course all of this mm-hmm. is that with uh, the shared. Uh, information and everything being shared like that and i'm not you know i uh, know of uh, uh, nothing about the, the course or anything like that i think it's amazing but it, it can oftentimes be perceived as uh and especially if, if you don't know know something like like you know i'm an amateur on most of what i do i just put it together to, to the best of my ability but but um you kind of often get the impression from people like there's only one right way to, of doing this, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like, someone out there has the recipe for how to do it correctly. And that's kind of a, a difficult, you know, approach, you know, when it, uh, when it comes to, to the art of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would argue maybe that makes me sound very old and, and, uh, and nostalgic, and you know, everything was better in the past, it, it wasn't, I love technology. But what I find is that production, you know the, the 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 texture of recordings because everything can now be polished and edited to such a great uh that everybody has access to the same plugins to the same uh, sound cards and the same programs you know it, and and also this knowledge where you can kind of everybody has an opportunity to get it right quote unquote the, and it it becomes a bit bland you know the, the first black sabbath album you know, the, some of the, you know, blood Zeppelin records, the sound was them being together in that place. The size of the room was that big. That's why it sounds the way it does, you know? It's a, so, so these albums would have have uh, this kind of individual uh, um, kind of entity to them, because they recorded at a certain place at a certain time with all of the limitations that uh, that was so it, it, it kind of it had everything all the ideas had to kind of be distilled through those limitations whereas now uh, there's um uh, the more average sounding things is is more uh, uh densely distributed that makes sense
0: (laughs) absolutely the mastery of uh the pass fail that like like you're right when you listen to stargazer by rainbow and it all happened in a room it's something about like look at listen to all the masters and all the moments that happened that were captured and now you can take that song you know record it and fix anything that you don't like where it's like it just wasn't an option Hmm. uh but i love exactly what you're saying and that's that's something that i think um I, I know more bands are like they're they're kind of going to some old school recording techniques that I think are are, are fascinating
4: uh, on occasion. And that, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and arguably that that is something that mm-hmm. that Jens does, you know, to, to perfection as well. Mm-hmm. He built that drum drum room to have instead of having to simulate it. He knows what he prefers. That he always does, and he built the room to give him all those options. and uh, and uh, he's even told me, like, the, the, of course, so, they, they make some amazing plugins themselves with Bogren Digital, and uh, uh, which sounds amazing. But he said, like, sometimes he would prefer a less perfect, you know, guitar recording from an actual amp rather than, you know, something more perfectly sounding and dense than, like, from a plugin. Just because it's, it's uh, this kind of uh, X factor
0: to it. The personality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So with that, I do apologize, Isan. I went a little bit over my time, but I got to promote, man, before I get you out of here. Guys, Isan's latest record. It's the self-titled. Isan is coming out February 16th. Um, The track we were talking about, I didn't say the name, uh, is Hubris and Blue Devils. When you guys hear that song, you'll see what we're talking about in this interview. But uh, with that, make (laughs) sure you guys are pre-ordering, picking it up. He's got the physical copy. You heard the passion. You want that arriving at your doorstep world. So make sure you guys are doing that with that, Isan. I want to thank you so much for calling in here to the metal sucks podcast
4: thank you so much for having me and for all the support it's great talking to you
1: sucks podcast. sucks podcast
0: No limitations in this box. Isan can do what he wants, man. I love it. Every record, there's a new feeling to it, style, sound, everything. It's fantastic, guys. Isan's self-titled album is coming out February 16th. Remember, there's two versions. There's the orchestral version, and there is the regular version. We've talked about it in the review in depth, guys, so make sure you're pre-ordering both, checking it out. It's going to be awesome. Uh, The two songs you heard off the record, the first one is Pilgrimage to Oblivion and the second is The Distance Between Us. Guys, do not, do not sleep on this record. Isan's new re- self-titled album is coming out February 16th, and it is going to make some best of lists. Just watch what I say. I know it's February, but it's going to it's gonna be hard for someone to, to top this record. Third song you guys heard is the latest from Persephone. Guys, their new album, Lingue ingata part one is out right now. That track is called One Word. If you guys haven't checked out that record, I think it came out February 2nd. Um, great song, great band, great album. Make sure you guys are checking it out. Um, Always good to uh, hear new music, man. And I've been listening to that thing since it's come out, and it's been fantastic. So make sure you guys are checking that out with that. We want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. um, That's all we ask for as a podcast team. Go to Apple iTunes, click five stars, and then we're happy. We see the number grow. That's it. Nothing else. And if you guys want to hear us on our uh, other podcast, the archive episodes, The podcast is called Rise to Offend. It's a documentary discussion podcast. We pretty much... uh, It's completely different. We uh, do a documentary discussion on many things that are offensive to society and kind of how they are today. Uh, We've done things like dance marathons. We've done figures like Marilyn Manson. We've done movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, We've done uh, authors like Charles Bukowski. Um, A lot of stuff that we've done. If you guys are interested, go ahead and check that out. Um, it's It's a great show. We're really proud of it. And hopefully if you guys are interested in those topics. Go check it out. Until then, you guys are the best. We'll talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.